biblical question. Paul mentions seven times in the text that we read, if, if. One of the things that we so need to be reminded this morning, that an astounding miracle lies at the heart of what we believe. If we truly believe this, if we truly believe that Jesus rose from the dead, and we truly believe that we have a risen Savior, if we truly believe that we serve a God that's living today, sits at the right hand of the Father, then we need to understand what a powerful miracle that really was. Have you ever thought? We believe that a man was dead and came back to life on the third day. We believe that God raised him from the dead. You can start with what your eyes see or what you can figure out. You can't start with what you trust or emotions. Because the question still pops up, what if... Jesus didn't rise from the dead. What if Easter really isn't true? What if Jesus is still dead as he was on the cross? Paul's answer that question by showing us four disastrous consequences if Christ did not rise on that third day. And oh, may we that do believe that, may we understand the monumental importance of these four things. If, we, if not, if Christ did not rise, if Christ is still dead, if not, what if there is no re- resurrection? Then let me say, first of all, our preaching is without purpose. If Christ be not risen, then our preaching vain and your faith also vain. That word vain simply means without content, useless. And it means that we have learned and we have come here this morning to hear preaching. And if Christ be not risen, then all the preaching we've done will be without purpose. Well, it means all the time and effort. It took me eight years in school to get my master's. I struggled with Greek and, and man, it was so hard. But all of that would be without, would, would, would be all vain if Christ be not risen. No amount of education can compensate if the heart of what you believe, there's a gigantic falsehood. If not, if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain. Christ be not risen, then all the education and all the effort and all the labor, and you coming today to hear preaching, would be all in vain 
if Christ be not risen. That's what Paul said. String all the degrees together. Write the books. Preach until you pass out. Fill stadiums with great numbers. Fill this auditorium and we're so glad you're here today. But the tomb is not empty. Then you're wasting your time. But I'd like to submit to you, I don't believe I'm wasting my time this morning. God chose through the foolishness of preaching, not foolish preaching, the foolishness of preaching to seek and to save that which was lost. I believe it's through the preaching of the Word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I believe this morning the greatest thing we got we have is we serve a risen Savior. And because He lives, what I do is not in vain. It has a great purpose. It has a purpose to teach you and to tell you. It has a purpose to to instruct you and and to encourage you. It has a purpose to to lead you and to help your family. Well, that's the reason why. That's the reason why we need to be in the house of God and be in Sunday school and be in every preaching service we can. And why we never, why? Because we serve a risen Savior this morning. Praise God, it's not in vain. There be if, what if, there's no resurrection. If they're not, then our preaching is without purpose. Every radio broadcast is without purpose. Every message studying prepared is without purpose. Every sermon you have heard is without purpose. Every time you listen to the radio a message, it's without purpose if Christ be not risen. I said this morning earlier, we are the only, the only religion in the world. The only religion in the world. You go to Muhammad's grave, he's still there. You go to Buddha's grave, guess what? He's still there. You go to all the denominate, the, the, the beginning of every religion. You go to the gravesite and you open the graves, they are still there. But you go to Jerusalem this morning and you find the tomb where Jesus was laid. And you go in and you're going to find what people have known for 2,000 years. He's not there because he's risen. I praise God for that. You say, well, if he's living, what's he doing? Oh, dear saint, understand this. He sits at the right hand of the Father ever making intercessions for us. Boy, don't you love this? The devil comes by and says, listen, boy, let, God, have you seen preacher Jerry? You've seen what he's done. You see how he's acting. You see how he's doing. And Jesus says, Father, I want you to know he's one of my youngins and the blood's been applied and I washed his sins away. He's mine, God. He's mine. All because... We have a living Savior. Boy, if there is, what if there had been no resurrection? Then our preaching 
is without purpose. Not only that, but he said our faith is without forgiveness. And if Christ, verse 17, be not raised, your faith is vain and you are yet in your sins. Do you remember the day that when Jesus found you, you remember the day when the good Holy Ghost of God turned the light onto your heart and your sins? Do you remember the day whenever the preacher preached and the Word of God and you realized for the first time I'm just a sinner. I'm lost. I'm without hope. I've no forgiveness. I'm doomed. Do you remember the day that he, you heard for the first time that Jesus saves and realized that He would forgive you of your sins and that if you would by faith put your trust in Him, believe in the work of Calvary, that your sins could be forgiven. Yes. Here this morning, if you're a church member, if you, you are religious, but you've never come to the place, are you listening? You've never come to the place that you're a lost, hell-bound, hell-deserving sinner in need of a Savior. Odds are you're lost in your sins this morning. You're still there. But oh, if Christ, what if there's no resurrection? Then our faith, that Sunday morning, that Sunday night, that Wednesday night, at your house, in an automobile, wherever you was at, that faith that said, Jesus said, if I'd come, if I'd come, He'd wash all my sins away. And you came, and you brought all your filth, and all your dirt, and all your hell to a holy God, and His blood washed it all away. And you walked up to back to your pew, realized I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. What if there'd been no resurrection? You would still be in your sins. Oh, dear saint, dear saint, as a child of a God, as I, as I, this morning, how many times have you heard the Word of God preached? And the Holy Ghost of God slipped in beside of you. You know you're His. You know you belong to Him. But you've been laying out of the house of God. You've been robbing God. You haven't been doing right. You, you, know, you know you've not been right. And holy, sweet, holy ghost of God slipped in beside of you and said, the message is for you. Are you listening? Do you hear what he's saying? Do you hear that still, small voice that speaks? See, I'm a little alarmed. I'm a little alarmed. 
by people that tell me they can know Christ. Be our church weeks on end. Then walk back in as if nothing's wrong. I'm alarmed about people saying, I know Jesus. But be out of church and walk back in and walk back in and sit down and bless me, God, if you can. I'm a little alarmed about that. Because it tells me, where they, where's the heart? Where's the, I'm glad to see them, but where's the heart? Where's the heart? What if Christ be not risen? Then our faith is without forgiveness. He went on to say, your faith is vain, useless. James said this. Show me your faith, and I'll show you my faith by my works. He said, not that works saves me, but my works prove my faith. They validate my faith. What I say, I believe, I live. Faith without forgiveness. It's a promise with no fulfillment. It's a trip with no destination. It's a story with no end. It's a seed that produces no crop. It's a dream that never comes true. It's a game with no winner. It's a company with no product. We say that Christ died for our sins how do we know that his death actually accomplishes anything? If Christ had not risen, uh, remained in the tomb, we, we can never be sure that Christ has accepted his sacrifice. The greatest misery of all is not to know if our sins have been forgiven. During that long weekend in Jerusalem, no one in all the world could be certain that the death of Christ had truly been sufficient. They're hiding. They are afraid. They don't know what's going to happen. They watched him die. They know he's dead. But all that third and glorious day, he came out of that tomb. As long as he was in the tomb, by the way, they didn't roll the stone away so Jesus could get out. They rolled the stone away so they could get in. Stone did not hinder him at all. Jesus said it is finished in John 19.30. But it wasn't totally finished until he rose that third and glorious day. Easter is God's amen to Good Friday. Easter, I like that. Easter is God saying... Amen to Good Friday because it was. What if he had not risen? Then our faith is without forgiveness. Because he's alive, we can know that our sins are forgiven forever. Satan is a master. Satan is a master. And he does this all the time. He comes to God. He says, see their sins. See their sins. And the Bible says that we're out without sin, we're a liar. Amen. All, we all sin and come short of the glory of God. So take your halo off. Sit down beside the seat. Oh, you're just as guilty as the rest of us. 
Join the rest of us humans, amen. We're all in the same boat. And he says, see my sins. But because Jesus rose from the dead, and our sins are put on the blood, he says, Father, this is what I'm a sin. This is all I see. I don't see a sin. I see white as snow. And the Bible says that God, without, with, if there be no resurrection, may I say this, with as loving care as I know how to do so, if you believe that Jesus really, truly rose from the dead, this Easter, I believe, preacher, it'll affect the way you live. We won't keep putting other things before a living Savior. Amen. Thomas Arnold, one of England's prestige educational institutions, author of famous uh, three-volume History of Rome, he declared this, I've been used for many years to study the histories of other times, to examine the weight and evidence of those who have written about them. I know of no one fact in history of mankind which is proved better or fuller evidence of every sort than the great sign which God has given us that Christ died and rose again from the grave. Amen. Number three. What if there be no resurrection? Then preaching is without purpose. Faith is without forgiveness. But we've all bloated. We've all made a mess of things at times. My, wouldn't it be something to have to live without forgiveness? Praise God He forgives. Amen. He forgives. Then notice it. Death without deliverance. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. That word, falling asleep, is our English word cemetery. In the beginning, cemetery was distinctly a Christian term. It means the sleeping place. Because when you go to sleep, you expect to wake up eventually. 2 Corinthians 5.8 We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. September 1991. I placed my hero in the ground. And if Christ be not risen, then his death without deliverance but I put that old body in the ground and it was the best man I ever knew. And I miss him so much. Because he was my hero. I followed him around all my life. But that day we put him in the ground. I knew he wasn't there. To be absent from the bodies. To be present with the Lord. But if there be no resurrection, then he's still there. It all ends at the grave. Please, ladies, I'm not wanting to hurt you for nothing in the world. But if there be no Easter, 
Joe's still right there. And he hated the dark. Your loved ones are still right there. If there be no resurrection. If there be no resurrection, Matthew Carston is still right there. If there be no resurrection, you that have lost family members, and we've all lost family members. How many has lost a family member in your life? We've all lost some. They're still right there. But Christ did raise again on that third glorious day. And I know, I know, because He did rise, that to be absent from the body, the day my day took the last breath here, He took the next breath in the presence of the Holy God. I know I'm going to get to see Him again. I know this funeral didn't end it all. I know that we'll see Joe again and we'll see Carson again. I've got a sister I've never seen, but I'll get to see her one day. Oh, I want you to know, what if there had been no resurrection? Then death is without deliverance. But I want you to know, praise God, hallelujah. I can walk by no graveside. I have a dear saint, brother, brother George told me this morning, ten years ago on Easter Sunday, Miss Barbara, his wife, went to be with Jesus. Ten years ago, I, I can say beyond a, beyond a shadow of a doubt that brother George, you're going to get to see her again. Yes. Why? Because Easter Sunday, the blessed Lamb of God raised up, sits at the right hand of the Father. If there be no resurrection, then death is without deliverance. And it ends all right there. Boy, I'm glad. How many of you got some family members on the other side? I got an old great-grandfather, a little old short man, he preached a free will Baptist preacher. Preached all his life. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to him. My grandfather bought my grandmother a little black and white TV. He's put in her house. He was a little short man. He's shorter than I am. He's short. And my grandfather was tall. He was over six foot. And my great grandfather, he walked up to him, walked up to his chair, looked up at him, and said, What the hell doing in the house? I love it. <laughs> Never had a TV. Never. He outlived about three wives. He married the last one in his 90s because he said, God said men shouldn't be alone. <laughs> right. Somebody said, Charlie, why, why are you getting married? You're in your 90s. He said, God said it ain't good for man to be alone. Amen. He believed that old book. I want you to know, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm looking forward to seeing my daddy, my sister. I'm even looking forward to seeing my mother-in-law. She is a good woman. She loves the Lord. She's a good woman. Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, Christ be not risen. Are you listening? If Christ is still in the grave, 
This is an impossibility. But because he did, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's the way I'm looking to go out of here. Amen. In a moment, if you're lost, I'll get saved later. No. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruptible and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall we be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If Christ be not raised, death wins. Dr. Wilbur M. Smith wrote, 20, uh, wrote to the 20 outstanding authorities in New Testament literature in the United States, and he asked them this question. Uh, how they accounted for the empty tomb. One man with a Ph.D. degree in Germany and the author of several dozen books on the New Testament, he wrote back and said this, no more ex- We can no more explain the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea had become empty on Easter morning than he could explain how Santa Claus come down the chimney at Christmas time. Wilbur Ann Smith wrote back and said, My heart is heavy when I find a New Testament scholar past the age of 70 having to resort to kindergarten fables of Santa Claus in trying to escape the evidence for the empty tomb of our Lord. What if, if there had been no resurrection, our preaching is without purpose. If there be no resurrection, our faith is without forgiveness. If our preaching, if there be no resurrection, death is without deliverance. Last of all, if there be no resurrection, our service is without significance. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable. It may account... Everybody look at me please now. It may account why some of you are miserable. Your hopes in this world. Another house, another car, another job, another dollar bill, another trip, another joy. Your hope is in this life. Bible says you are miserable. Wow. If Christ is not raised, we're fooling ourselves. If there's no foundation to our faith, we're nothing but self-deluded fools.
Christ is not raised, then we have no message to preach. Christ is not raised, there's no God to hear our prayers. Christ is not raised, we're not saved. If Christ is not raised, then let's bring all the missionaries home. Christ is not raised, then let's close the church and turn it into a bingo parlor. Christ is not raised, then every Christian for 2,000 years has been wrong. But think of all the things you gain by being a Christian. If he's still in a tomb, you don't have him in your heart. That ain't one problem. He is in my heart. And I can't deny it. I can't deny it. How do you know he lives? Because he lives in my heart. That's how I know. If he's still in tomb, you're playing religious games. I'm not playing religious games. I'm not playing religious games. And I would suggest you don't play religious games with God. If he's still in the tomb, it's not better to be a Christian. And I want you to know, your worst day, your worst day as a Christian is better than the best day as a lost, hell-bound sinner. Your worst day is Christian. If he's still in the tomb, and me over here last night for an hour or so praying for you in the service, it's all empty and vain. But I want you to know, I know he hears and answers prayers. If Christ is still dead, we have believed a lie. If if, if. But how would you notice Paul's answer to this? It's clear as a bell. I'm amazed. To all the ifs he's asking this text, he says is, but now, but now is Christ risen from the dead. He takes all the ifs He says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. But now, just two words. Boy, when you have truth, it don't take a whole bunch of words. But now Christ is risen. So some goes, but now up in the grave he arose, praise the Lord, but now with a mighty triumph over his foes, but now he lives forever in his saints to reign. Hallelujah, he arose. It was a happy day. Notice he said, the first fruits, and became the first fruits of them that slept. First fruits means the first part of the harvest. It was the very first potato, the very first ear of corn, the very first tomato. It was the first fruits of any harvest. Jesus said, was saying this, because I rose, we will arise one day as well. One day the Bible says you're going to step out in the trumpet of blow and the dead in Christ will rise first. Joe's going to beat you to heaven. Amen. That's all there is to it. 
and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive remain to be caught up together to ever be with Him in the, in the heavens. This morning, this morning, but now, not one of them, one day all God's children will rise from the dead. Immortal, incorruptible, perfected, completed, glorified, with every sin gone forever. What a blessed, blessed day that's going to be. When we see Jesus, we'll bow down before Him. And we will know beyond a shadow of a doubt. One day, Jesus, where did you get your nail prints? They'll peer to his side. Where did you get your, where'd you get that scar there? He's going to say, I got it in my house with my friends. And one day, we will be resurrected in him. Our preaching, therefore, our preaching does have purpose. Our faith does have forgiveness. Our death does have deliverance. And our service has significance. Let me say this. Why should I serve God? You serve God because you believe in a risen Savior. And one day, you'll stand before Him. That's why we serve Him. We serve Him for any other reason. We won't serve very long. We'll we'll opt out of it. We won't serve very long. But we serve Him because we serve a risen Savior. Boy, in that great getting up morning... We'll all rejoice together and our tears gone forever and death, a distant memory. What a happy day that's going to be. Why? Because he rose on that first Easter Sunday. Let's all stand to our feet. Can I ask you a question? While the musicians come and ready to sing, while they're ready to sing, every head bowed, never eye closed.